This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Welcome, welcome to With Love and Justice for All, uh, the official podcast of Project Sanctus. I'm Reverend Kelly Isola. I'm here with my uh, partner in crime consciousness and co-creation, Reverend Ogan Holder. How you doing? Well, you know, I used to say it's another name in paradise, but since I'm in Barbados, I actually kind of mean it this time. <laughs> it's yeah. I, I I see the other parts of the world that I frequent getting colder and colder and crazier and crazier, and oh. um, it affirms it affirms the life choices that I have made, in spite of the the financial hit that it, that that I've encountered, and also the somewhat i don't want to say burden but the the strain it puts on relationships that i have in other places you know being so yeah. far away yep. but but yeah i'd rather be warm right now in this stage of my life <laughs> with I, the palm trees and the beach and the yeah and the, and the breeze the and breeze, the everything yeah. and the warm so so yeah we don't have I, that here in missouri <laughs> no you do not i no. lived there once i know i know so, well, I'm glad you could say for real, not as a metaphor or euphemism, it's another day in paradise. Um, it, 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 it is. And how are, how are you today? I'm pretty good. I, uh, you know, I, some people know I've been, you know, doing this uh, trauma-informed weightlifting for a little, about 15 months and, um, mm-hmm. you know, got my deadlifting up to 240. Dang, um, that's impressive. I, I think so working my way to 250. Um, and what I find so amazing about it is I never, one, never in a million years thought that, you know, yeah, I love lifting weights. Um, and yet it's, uh, especially the trauma informed, I, cause we always talk about embodied, right? Embodied practices. And this is absolutely, um, one of the most healing trauma embodied practices ever and it just makes me so happy so uh, it was the it was the only thing not the only thing it was the main thing that helped me navigate through my grief yes you know when i went through that that. i can totally yes yeah it's like people dying every year uh yeah if i didn't have weightlifting i i would not be nearly as good shape as i am now i don't mean physically i mean i mean mentally and emotionally yeah uh, i haven't i haven't weightlifted in a while my physical shape has like gone the way of the dodo bird I, i'm not like well yeah, maybe can, not the dodo bird because that's extinct but true 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 well the muscles in my body are pretty extinct right now i mean i'm not <laughs> listen not kidding you i cannot deadlift what you're deadlifting right now i couldn't uh, 
because yeah. it's been so long since I've been, yeah. And when you go back in, funny thing, when you go back to weightlifting after months and months off, you just don't pick up where you left off. No, you don't. <laughs> Learned that don't. the hard way. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, that's a long answer to your question of how I'm doing, but I'm, I'm just really, I'm just really proud of me. So proud of you too. Proud of you too. Yeah. So we, this is, uh, we're coming up on uh, the holidays. Uh, we're recording. It's December 6th. Um, and so we're going to be talking about decolonizing the holidays, but um in case you're not familiar with Love and Justice for All, our podcast, it's we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, you know, all systems of oppression, fostering liberation, and particularly uh, the challenges that arise for spiritual seekers. Um, while Ogan and I are both, you know, ordained ministers, when we don't actively work in spiritual centers or churches or anything, however most of our conversation or not most of them but oftentimes our conversation engage the that element for spiritual seekers um, and spiritual communities um, so we always want to give thanks for our listeners and our subscribers that are here in the United States and I think we I think we're almost at every we have listeners from every state but I could be off on that but I do know that over 30 countries around the world um, listen in. So that's always exciting. And if you want to join in our conversation, you can message us on Facebook or Instagram. And our handle is at Get Our Holy On. And you can even call and leave a message 413 438 4659, also known as 413 Get Holy. Today, as I said, we're going to be talking about decolonizing the holidays. Uh, probably most of our conversation will be around Christmas or even, you know, uh, Christianity, but but the holiday season, even and we've we've gone past Thanksgiving, but it warrants probably we may wind up touching on that a little bit. So what do we have coming up, Ogan? Uh, we have our usual slate of of good things, our uh, anti-racism affinity groups every first and third Wednesday um, on Zoom, seven thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, as always, the first Wednesday is a uh, communal group where we all, all races, ethnicities get together and have a grand discussion. On the third Wednesday, we, we divide into white bodies and all the bodies that are of not whiteness. Can I say that? Can I say that more awkwardly? No, we have our, no, I'm probably going to, we, sometimes we have to have, we have to have our discussions in separate groups. We just, we just do. Um, um, and so that's first and third on the second and fourth Wednesdays, also on Zoom, 8 p.m. I lead a, I lead a men's group called Men Better Together. Um, and um, you can find that on my personal website, revoganholder.com slash men. Um, so, and that's a space where um, we have discussions as men around, you know, becoming more aware of how we've internalized patriarchy and how even us good guys perpetuate a lot of patriarchal harm because it's just it's just the hardwiring. So um, yeah, we have some fun discussions around that as well. Um, the thing that I uh, want to announce that we're most excited about is that our first um, self-paced learning uh, program is up and ready. It's called Conscious Anti-Racism. This is part one. Uh, we spent a lot of months recording, editing, 
creating transcripts, creating notes and assignments, um, and getting it online, it is it is ready to go. So if you visit projectsangus.com, click under events, you'll see it there, Conscious Anti-Racism Part 1. We're very excited about this. Um, and, you know, parts two and three. registered till December 8th. Oh, December 8th. December 8th is when it's going to be launched. My bad. I can read the notes. I can read the notes. Um, I, part of it is because, you know, I've been looking at it. I've been looking at it online to help with the editing and all the things that you're doing. So in my brain, it's like, oh, it's up. No, it's not. Yeah, December 8th. So we're launching this December 8th is when you can get um, online and sign up for this. Um, we have economic justice pricing plans, uh, which basically means that we know that um, we are all we all have different economic resources, but we want to try and make this available to everyone. So we have different price points, and we trust that you will choose the one that works best for you. So if you have more financial resources, consider uh, buying the program at a higher price point, knowing that money will go towards the work that we're doing, and perhaps then we can also create other opportunities for those who are not as uh, financially prosperous as some of you are. So anyways, um, check that out, all of that. Um, oh, and um, if you are interested in um, getting some more of my sort of like really deep, meaningful, yet partially unhinged thoughts, um, sign, sign up for my uh, newsletter, my Substack. It's called Necessary Trouble. Um, so if you head over to Substack, it's necessarytrouble.substack.com com and it's basically like a newsletter get in your inbox or you can read it on the Substack app um and you have free and paid options for that so all the things we're doing so yeah so it's it's the holidays we're we're into the holidays um uh here in barbados we take christmas very seriously literally between Independence Day, which was November 30th, and within the next four days. No, I don't think I knew that. November yes. 30th was Independence November, November 30th, our Independence Day. And and we, uh, National Pride is 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 very strong here. Um, so all of November, we will see decorations of our national colors, blue and yellow. Um, so, and ne'er a Christmas ornament in sight. And then between December 1st and usually 3rd or 4th, the whole thing happens. Like the whole thing goes up everywhere. It's magically transformed wow. into, you know, a summer wonderland. I was about to say winter wonderland. It's not that, it's it's a summer wonderland. So like even where I am right now, uh, my family, we we have a house, there, there's two houses and a commercial bakery that, that my family owns. And there's lights on every hanging, surface like you know the, the the eaves of the roof that hang over the house we got those icicle lights around all the houses we got lights on all the windows uh there's um those uh what do you call it those illuminated like reindeer frames you know the, the frames of reindeers yeah those on the roof we have not one not two not three but four inflatable santa clauses um, wow. giant giant wow. inflatable santa clauses in the front yeah we hardcore christmas fans and so what you just described is typical around the island? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. People love to decorate and light up their houses beyond any point of recognition. If there's, um, a, if there's a space to hang a light, it gets covered up. Yes, it is. It is. It is I, unreal. 
so you will you you know so more i would say more like upscale upper class neighborhoods uh, like you know light shows that will rival anything you see on reality tv shows in the states but then even the the poorest of houses you will find a string of light somewhere it is yeah everybody's getting in on the act so yes we love we love us we love us some christmas here um so it's I think it's important that we look at this topic around decolonizing Christmas because a lot of how we celebrate Christmas and holidays is very, there's, I mean, there's just a lot of the systems of oppression traits embedded yep. in them. But let's talk about what we mean when we say decolonize because it is, you know, somewhat of a buzzword now in anti-racism work that some people still fully don't understand, some people still have trouble with, some people push back against because we're no longer, no one's a colonized people anymore. So what are we decolonizing if we're not a colony? Like, what does that mean? So um, so yeah, so when we talk about decolonizing, what, what, what comes up for you? How would you explain it to people? Well, you know, the interesting thing about it is that, you know, when it, when it first really, it was around, uh, 2012 that um this a very um a bunch of work you know academic work came out uh and there was a piece uh called decolonization is not a metaphor that was written um by uh eve tuck and wayne yang but anyway it it describes so for me that's kind of my starting point is you know, decolonizing, it it actually has a very specific meaning, which is about repatriation of indigenous land and life, meaning all the land is repatriated and all the settlers become landless. Um, that's literally what decolonizing means. Um, so it's just returning the land and the sovereignty back to indigenous people, because when, you know, it, when Europeans, white folks came over from Europe and, you know, into North America, you know, first thing we did was take the land and, and, uh, and took over and moved, dominion. And move the people. Moved That's the another people. piece of it. Took, took the land and moved and relocated. And genocide. Uh, and yes. Yeah. So it's, so in their piece, um, you know, it's not a decolonization or to decolonize isn't doesn't really have a synonym it it does really have a very specific meaning and it's not a um and it's also not a metaphor um although you know like sometimes we hear um we and we've talked about it decolonizing self-care decolonizing your mind you know decolonizing um spirituality or religion um so it's uh, you know in its most um succinct and original you know meaning it, it really is about repatriating returning land and sovereignty back to indigenous people now it's kind of evolved um you know the word has certainly evolved and i think as you said at the beginning it's become a buzzword that i'm not sure people really understand anymore but it's um but it's also i actually have mixed feelings like what do i really think because I certainly understand that and there's a consciousness that goes with that you know colonized thinking you know being a colonizer um and so it's um it's the 
it's also referred to, you know, being a colonizer or colonizing thinking and, and colonizer consciousness is a virus um, that it, it's like it infects and permeates every aspect of our culture here in the U.S. and society and all the systems of oppression and domination that all embody the dehumanization, which, you know, speaks to the um, you know, taking the land from indigenous people, moving them off, you know, genocide, um, just complete dehumanization. So the what's, you know, for me, the, the colonizing is is that virus that still continues because you said it too, right? Like, it's not like, you know, there's not to a huge extent, you know, people coming in and colonizing, you know, the way we did 300, 400, 500 years ago. Um, however, there's this virus still exists that gets played out um, in systems of domination, in capitalism, in, you know, the patriarchy. So um, it's still about control. It's still about exploitation. Um, and it's just these unconscious, unexamined assumptions about supremacy, about, um, um, you know, the the addictions the that virus that where this this dominant group in a position of privilege and power economically socially that you know still that exploits customs and practices and spiritual knowledge and um um and subordinates and um you know people uh, that are not the dominant group are not white folks so that was a really long answer to your question well sometimes the long answers are the best well, um, I think so. it's, just that, um, it, it's just that because I often hear from people, well, what do you mean when you say decolonize? And I have two yeah. thoughts that come up with that. One, I'm glad you asked. Happy to have a conversation. And then there's this other like five year old that goes, have you not heard of Google? You know, like, <laughs> so. uh, sometimes, you know, that extra step takes a lot for some folks. Um, yeah. But I think I think I think there are folks who actually looked it up and and still not clear. So right. they're trying to engage in conversation. Um, and 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 for me, all what you said plus, um, it's my own inner work around, you know, you mentioned the unexamined assumptions. There's a lot of unexamined um, ways of embedded thinking that I have, that we all have, because we grew up in these systems. We talk about this a lot. Um, so when I think of personal decolonization, it's um, investigating those things and then developing new ways of thinking and being that aren't dictated by them. So, you know, I mentioned earlier the, the, the men's group and, you know, there's a lot of internalized, unconscious um, ways of thinking and being and behaving that as a man... I, I live that I don't even realize. And, you know, for example, as it relates to how I interact as a straight man um, with women, um, there's a lot of men have this, this sense of entitlement when it comes to, you know, when we interact with or engage with women, how they should respond to us. And um, so to, to, to really examine those, first to believe that I have them, <laughs> and then to investigate and examine what they are, and then to change my thinking and beliefs and behavior 
is is my personal decolonizing work and that's how we both on an individual and community level start to shift um away from perpetuating those systems of oppression because i'll i behave differently uh as a result but i first just even have to believe that yeah what 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 they say about me as a man might be true yeah you know so so I know that some people are are uncomfortable with the word decolonizing. Uh, like we said, you know, when I say it's a buzzword, what I meant is also for some people it's a trigger word, and yeah. and some people would rather not engage in conversations um, around it. So so I like the word. I have no problem with the word. I think the word really gets to the heart of the fact that you know. There, there are these internalized traits and norms, whether they're uh, centered around supremacy or capitalism or patriarchy, um, that kind of have taken over. They have colonized my mind, whether I was consciously aware of it or not. Yeah. So, so to shift that, to re, to return to my truly innate, truly the the innate. Uh, how I would have been if I hadn't been infected by these viruses. Well, it's, it's, um, I, I think one of the things that makes for people that are uncomfortable with the word, you know, decolonizing, um, and having a decolonial perspective is that, well, for starters, for me, it's a lifelong journey. Like I'm just continuing to, <clears throat> excuse me, to kind of unpack because I have internal work you know, to do individual, but I have, but it's also collective. Um, and in order to, um, uh, to own up to my personal responsibility and my own individual work, as well as the collective is I have to constantly remember and learn the history of how we got here, uh, and be truthful about it, you know, the history and be truthful about the state of the world or the state of my little corner of the world, how it is right now, and the injustices that continue, that that I might be propping up, um, or not might be, I am, and I just having to keep learning. Oh, there I am again, and I I think what makes people uncomfortable about the word is um, it's this constant responsibility, and and frankly, there's times where oh my God, I don't want to self reflect anymore. I don't, you know, I just you know. I don't want to, I don't want to know. And as a, you know, uh, a white body, it's easier for me to, it's easy for me to do that. Um, yeah. The other, the other piece of it, especially in spiritual circles is that some people hear it as us questioning the founders, questioning those who came before us, questioning, um, the teachings. Well, we are, and, aren't we? Yeah. Well, yes, but I'm saying <laughs> some people don't want to do that. Oh, some, got it. Some people the, are uncomfortable with that. Got it. Yes, some people are uncomfortable with that because yeah. because they basically uh, read the words of whether it's the founders of the movement or the earliest writers of the movement whose books we read and we teach in the classes. They basically hold them as sacred, right? Yeah. Um, as as uh, what's the word? Um, holy texts 
almost. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, so to sort of call it to call it to question to say, oh, yes, these it's not that there isn't um, spiritual wisdom in these teachings. But we also have to realize they they were written by people who were in places of extreme privilege. Because yeah. when you look when you look at you know in our context of new thought you know unity centers of spiritual living Christian science all the things you know a lot of the original writers were white mostly white men but also white women um, in the early 1900s so they were early 1800s early 1900s so when you think about what was happening in the U.S. at that time you know folks who were white were in places yep. of privilege um and again yes the spiritual wisdom is there however you can't separate your you know that unconscious internalized privileges and norms that makes its way into your writing that makes your its way into whatever you create yeah if you have any doubts about that just look up google how uh, it turns out that a lot of, you know, AI and facial recognition stuff is racist yeah. and and sexist. Why? Because of look who's doing the programming. So the vast majority of the programmers in Silicon Valley are, you know, white men. Um, so so it's it's that 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 whatever those internalized biases are, you know gets put into the programming you know and i remember writing about this a while back about how when you would ask um you know google ai whatever to show pictures of for example um a custodian turns out nine out of ten, ten nine out of ten times it it's a black person <laughs> or, or a brown person you know um so so these these things get embedded in and they're very unconscious and you 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 can't you you have to be able to objectively reflect and criticize on critique better if that's a better softer word um the, the teachings and um and and the holidays are a good time to look at this because you know for example uh, we actually talked about this in, in my other podcast, Pub Theology, shameless plug, Pub Theology Live. Go look that up too. Uh, the conversation but centered stay. around, but yeah, <laughs> look, at, look at look at after you finish listening to this right. um, about about the idea of Christian supremacy, like the assumption that everybody celebrates or is okay with celebrating Christmas. Now, we might think cognitively, well, of course, we know that they don't. However, when you walk into a retail store and is decorated for Christmas, the assumption is that this is the time of year. Therefore, everyone will be okay with us putting up Christmas decorations, regardless of, of if we are religious or not. Christmas decorations are going up. And those, you know, there was there was even a conversation around people like at office parties who yeah. like you know offices have christmas parties or they put up christmas decorations or they do christmas activities and you're expected to participate without even being asked if you want to if right. you're christian if you observe christmas or anything like that but the expectation is this is this is what we do this is who we are so when we talk about supremacy 
we're not talking about somebody literally standing over you with whips and chains. We're talking about the unconscious, um, um, what's the word, enforcement of a norm and without without questioning if everybody wants to participate or or is observing it the same way you do yeah so uh, so decolonizing is is that everyday practice right yes. of, of being willing to notice and changing our minds and taking some action and and rooting out and giving voice to the unconscious you know colonized um, aspects of institutions of retail establishments of um you know schools uh, you know i did a couple weeks ago at because um, i mentioned physical therapy at the beginning maybe three weeks ago i was at physical therapy and i watched a couple of um office personnel were decorating and it, they were decorating with christmas decorations so i asked them i'm like are you planning on being inclusive with your decorations this year and they both looked at me like you know like what um and I, you know so i i just said a couple more things about it i didn't uh, you know i wasn't i wasn't i didn't want to like beat them up with it i just you know kind of crack open the view a little bit um because that's what decolonizing is you know, it's it's listening, it's learning, it's being accountable to, you know, indigenous leaders. It's advocating for native sovereignty and self just uh, determination, and calling attention to um, to you're just doing Christmas, like you're just doing a Christian thing. What if I'm? Um, what about everyone that doesn't? You know, yeah. So like, so like, sorry, go ahead. Well, it's just this. It, it gets sort of. You know, if you ask people, well, what about those that don't celebrate Christmas? And it, and it, too often, for my comfort, it's like whatever. You know, it just sort of gets whitewashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're not saying we're not saying don't celebrate Christmas. That's not what right. we're saying. Right. By by all means, if you choose to, you choose to. Um, but if you notice that you are standing in judgment of those who don't. Like, you know, why doesn't that store have a decorations? Why aren't those people decorating their house? What do you mean you don't want to decorate this year? Like, yeah. you know, um, if you are in a church or a spiritual space, like notice the assumption that's being made around what holiday decorations you put up. Are they just Christmas? Are you throwing in some some Hanukkah stuff? Are you throwing in some Kwanzaa things? Uh, you know, have you asked the people who are walking into your spiritual space who may who may observe other faith traditions if there's anything you wanna anything they wanna add or seen observe as well? I was just I was just today writing um for my stub stack, uh, writing a thing about Advent and I started by saying started by saying, um I haven't been in uh a church to minister in the pulpit for two Christmases now. It's my second Christmas that I'm not there. Yet the muscle memory of church Christmas stress is is a real thing, right? And it feels weird not to be prepping Advent talks. It feels weird to not be like 
you know, haven't done the the hyper planning around additional services, yeah. around end of year events, around how can we, you know, get people to give a little bit more at the end of the year uh, to to get us get us into the black, uh, that that sort of deal, uh, a real as we've talked about as a white supremacy trait, a real sense of urgency <laughs> around. Yeah, well yes and and um that you know the whole retail thing right the whole capitalism thing and that uh traveling home right Mm -hmm. so so add that into everything you just said and knowing that you know traveling home and there's family and and you know not everybody's family you know gets along but even the idea of of the traveling Right. The the so often, you know, like in our role as as ministers, there's all everything you just said. And then maybe we get a day or two to to be with family, whether they're with you or you travel somewhere. But even that wear and tear on your body traveling to, you know, through airports, whether or driving eight hours or um, it just it just eats away like that virus. Um, just continues yes. to eat away, and then all, it becomes this thing, this holiday or a season of obligation and burdens, and you know that. And when I hear someone say, "Yeah, the Christmas joy," I'm like, "What?" You know. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Exactly. There's the pressure. There's a pressure to do more, to be more, to be happier, to be shinier, uh, to maybe top what you did last year, yeah. um, as 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 well. um and you know set aside the whole pressure of getting gifts and spending more um again you know coming back to our spiritual spaces there's 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 that pressure of the 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 fundraising aspect of the holidays is what i want to get back to like what what makes what makes this month a successful month is how much more did we raise in other months of the year? Um, again, to get us into the black, um, that sort of thing, to be more to be more spectacular than we were last year. And again, we're not saying don't do these things. We're saying you have to question the motivation. You have to question the why yeah. um, to really take a hard look and to decide that even that that you might want to scale back or scale down. Um, and that that's okay what are what are the life affirming things that tend to go out the window during the holidays that you might want to bring back more of um in order to relieve yourself of added stress and sense of unworthiness and things like that so when we talk about decolonizing the holidays that's what we're talking about we're talking about all of these all these additional stressors are usually going to be linked to some system of oppression. <laughs> well, uh, that the idea of perfection that yes. you mentioned doing it right, perfection. doing it right, yes. Yeah. You know, um it, uh, it just I I I feel the way I say it is I feel a hairball coming on as I think about you know, I haven't done this in a long time, but the that pressure and that 
you know, putting together the ceremony, you know, or whatever you're doing Christmas Eve, and do we do Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, or one or the other, and what does that service look like, and having the right music, and having the, you know. Yeah, yeah, Um, I, and, and the irony is, we're, you know, this is ostensibly how we celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? Yeah. That's what Christmas is really all about, whether we're looking at literally or metaphysically or metaphorically or whatever. This is this is the origins of the of of the Christmas season, of the Christmas story. Like we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, who, if you believe what's written in the scriptures, was born in the most innocuously humble of situations, right? Right. In the born dark night. In the dark of night in a stable somewhere yeah. the only you know the only well, human on which gospel you read on which gospel but the you know it 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 sounds like it or it reads like the only wit human witnesses to his birth were his parents as i like to say even you know like god had to get the angels to scare up some shepherds to show up just so like some of the some some other some of the people noticed the thing happened like you know it, i have a christmas talk that equates the angels and the shepherds to an infomercial right <laughs> you know both the angels and the shepherds are minding their own business and all of a sudden it's like you have to go tell people about jesus is being born and they're like who what what's going on what's right happening? so the angels are like an infomercial where you, you know the shepherds yeah. are listening like wow this slices and dices and you know it magically does this i gotta go check it out <laughs> right but until that moment nobody else knows this thing like this yeah. birth is happening right right so we, we come from this almost and again when you look at the history of christianity like for hundreds of years jesus birth was not celebrated it was not right. seen as important or or, or even relevant in christian right. canon um and i forgot which pope decided this needed to be a thing but now it's the big thing and now it's also become secularized and commercialized and um you know capitalism has infected it <laughs> in yeah. in in so many in so many ways so so if you truly well, want to honor and even the capitalism even before christmas part of thanksgiving Right. Oh yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, right. It's Friday early. and Cyber yeah. Monday and lot like. And um, I'm glad you mentioned that because to to our credit, barely, <laughs> but to our credit, the last few years has seen less and less of that emphasis on the the, and I think the internet helped with this too. But the that that mad Black Friday rush where, yeah. you know. You had to get there, line up at three, four in the morning for the five a.m. opening, and there's a mad rush for the items, and places would stay open all day long. And there's been the dialing back of that. There's been the oh no, we're we gonna just keep regular store hours, or are we gonna put our stuff online so that there isn't, there isn't, so that our families can, or our employees can be home with their families. So there, there, yeah. there has been some addressing of that. However, the the whole you know, emphasis on this is when you must do your buying and you have to do some buying at this time because what sort of fool will not buy at this time and take advantage of the savings. Um, that, yeah. that, that commercial capitalized capitalism pressure is is on us um, as as well. So 
you know, in my opinion, the true decolonization of the holidays, as we've intimated from the beginning, returning to the origins, should be very humble and simple and yep. and, and and innocuous. Um, and and you know, as I say that, I can feel the discomfort in me going like, wait, what do you mean, no lights? Like. I, I know. I, I love me some lights. I know. Right? Yeah. So this is where we just no come to. Yeah. Exactly. So again, we're not saying don't do these things. We are saying examine the and you you said it greatly. That sense of obligation. Yeah. That 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 comes with it. Examine what you feel if you're feeling obliged to do the thing versus I'm doing this because it truly genuinely gives me pleasure and parse those things out. Because sometimes we believe it gives us pleasure because we've been told it should give us pleasure. Right. Right. right? Um, and deep down inside, we're like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this, but it's what I have to do. Like I have to do all the extra cooking. I have to do all the extra gift buying if i if i don't i'm not a good mother i'm not a good father or i'm not a, a good spouse or you know a good partner or you know to to question those things yeah and and particularly with the rituals yes with all the rituals that come with and not just christmas but any holiday because we can have this conversation at easter time you know we can have this conversation around you know pick a holiday uh and so when I, so the rituals, like if I'm going through the motions, is there really the joy and pleasure in it? Why am I doing it? Where does this, you know, ritual come from? Um, you know, and I'll give you a, for instance, and this, this might irritate some people, but you brought up Advent. So the Advent wreath is three purple candles and a rose colored candle. And then in the middle is what's called the Christ candle. And it's a white candle. And so my invitation would be to anybody who celebrates Advent and has an Advent wreath is take out the white candle and put a different color in. Um, use like gold, you know, or something. I thought you were going to go black. I thought, I mean, come on, you're doing this conversation with me and you said, and you're not going black. That would have been your first choice. Well, I yes, you could do black or a brown <laughs> candle. Um, brown. But I picked gold because it, <laughs> you know, just one because of the season but as opposed to a white candle right and but you do um, oh i got a better day have a white candle but one of the you know how the, you have those candles with like the faces of saints have a white candle with a black jesus oh there you go <laughs> but it's the the point being that, trademark, and I know trademark. that someone's gonna <laughs> listen to this and roll their eyes at me and uh, you know switching a white christ candle in a church um, is a way of uh, acknowledging that white doesn't equal Jesus. Right. Um, white doesn't equal good. Black doesn't or dark doesn't equal bad. Right. And and you're like, oh yes, but we know this. We don't mean that. Well, try switching it out and see what happens. Exactly. So <laughs> like a white right. candle to represent the Christ or Jesus Christ, and you know, Christianity is yeah. saying that white skin is that innocence and that standard of humanity and that. And the Christ, that's what white is saying. Um, and so I just would challenge anyone, you know, to rather than reinforcing and centering the whiteness through um, rituals, through the iconography, through the symbols, through, you know, uh, pick pick a different color. 
Um, yeah. I mean, I just said gold, but use a brown candle, use a black candle. I don't, something other than white. And gold is right. a little more universal. It's the color of the sun. It's one of the gifts that, you know, the Magi brought. You know, if you believe the story, it's gold is, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's grounding. It's, it's, you know, brilliant. It's light, which, and this is the darkest time of the year. And this is a, you know, holidays that happen this time of the year, regardless of the religion, is all about celebrating the light that comes after the dark. So. And if any of you have, you'd say to use a candle with a, an image of Black Jesus, please send me a picture. Yes. Like, I really want to see that. Yes. I think that would be fascinating. It would be. Um, and, and, you know, again, also the wider discussion of what, what, what images, what iconography is in your space. Uh, you know, if there are images of Jesus, is it white Jesus? Is it black Jesus? Is it a combination of all different kinds of Jesuses? Uh, you know, and well, and I think some people some people like to avoid the whole thing by putting up nothing to begin with. I right. mean, sure, that's a way you can go, but are you doing that intentionally to to neutralize and decolonize the space, or are you doing that simply to avoid a difficult conversation? Because right. again, the intention matters. What's yeah. what's beneath the action? Because if you're doing it to to avoid the conversation, then the energy around it still remains. Right. You haven't, yeah. you haven't done anything. Yeah. Well, that's the that's why we you know in that definition of decolonizing, there's the action. Yes. Um, it's it's you know changing our minds, but also taking action, and not doing anything for fear of a conversation is not taking an action, <laughs> just in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, so then, you know, another question comes up around like gift giving. So are you saying don't buy gifts for people? No, we're not saying that. We're saying be mindful in your gift buying. Just don't buy gifts for the sake of buying gifts. Perhaps consider handmade gifts or perhaps gifts that are you know a bit more um what's the word i want that do good in the world you know yeah. i'm gonna plant a bunch of trees in your name i'm gonna buy yeah. some goats and animals for some people uh in places that need that those sort of resources I'm gonna my, go mom to does, a, my mom's done that every year for a long time she um yeah pepper international and then she puts up, there's a little card that goes in our stocking that says you yeah. got two goats that went to <laughs> and uh exactly we don't we don't especially in the western world especially in the states we don't need more stuff no no we we, we do not so because so how... that stuff so here's now part of that decolonizing is because that stuff is going to wind up in a landfill so now we're back to land yes right? and and exactly. destroying land and um exactly colonial settler thinking that that it's okay to do this and and same thing with cutting down trees you know that get thrown into landfills weeks later and how we and that's just a continuation of harming the environment for profit um to make sure that we're celebrating christmas correctly um and oh by the way the tree is actually a holdover from paganism <laughs> so yes um, there's that it's not there's, even there's... a christian thing uh, there's there's that there's that too. Uh, oh, this is a great time for me to plug. If you'd like to 
buy if you'd like to to buy the gift of uh you know spiritual and emotional health for yourself or your loved one i'm currently running a sale on my spiritual coaches spiritual and grief coaching uh you know um sessions so yeah hit me up <laughs> um and buy buy a gift that will uh have a meaningful impact in your life or someone else's life and won't um add to the landfills anywhere because there's there's, there's no there's no litter with my presence. Um, I'm not running a special. I don't have anything to offer. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I sort of say that in jest, but I also but I mean that like how can you be creative outside of just going and buying a physical thing, right? right. Can there be an experience? Can it be you know buy buy someone a massage, <laughs> um, and and help help someone make a living? Like right. get 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 creative in in more meaningful ways. And yes, it will cause you to pause. It will cause you to maybe have to work a little bit harder. Um, but but that's that's part of what we're being called to do if we want to sort of shift the mindset. And if you're going to give, you know, in in lieu of a, something physical to a person, you want to give money somewhere, you know, in their name to support, you know, an organization doing good in the world, don't make it Salvation Army. Oh, Sorry. Tell, tell, us more. tell us more. Well, Salvation Army is uh, notoriously um, anti-LGBTQ. Um, yep. They're, you know, they're very much heteronormative. Um, so, you know, I'm not interested in having this season, you know, um, have, have an organization that is, you know, has oppressive, um, uphold systems of oppression in their practices and in their beliefs. I'm not interested in giving them money. Um, on the other hand, Project Sanctus, very pro LGBTQ. So, yes, you know, yes, just yep. a thought, just planting that seed. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 you know, if it's funny that you said that, but honestly, if you're, if you're going to, if you want to give money somewhere, um, of course us. And the thought is that, um, where are people that are doing something that, that is, uh, you know, dismantling the systems of oppression that are working, right. colonize, you know, working yeah. to root out the, the consciousness, the settler consciousness. So it doesn't have to be a big famous company. Just go find, you know, um, go find people that are doing that, organizations that are doing that, especially around food justice. Yeah. And, um, every, you know, it's not just a one time a year thing. It's all year round. Yes. And if you're concerned about, about um, this being any changes, being a shock to the system of the people around you. You don't have to do it all at once. Right. Maybe maybe every year ask yourself, what are like one or two things I can do to make my holidays a little less stressful, a little more justice oriented, a little more um, yeah. authentic to its original uh, beginnings, um, a little more decolonizing. You don't you don't have to you don't have to do it all at once. But we do invite you to really think about why you're doing what you're doing this season, especially yeah. if you've just been doing it year after year after year after year. Um, 
and and for churches and spiritual spaces as well like you know the holidays should not be more stressful in the spiritual uh space but it always tends to be there's no time i've been working in a church that it hasn't been right um uh, as as well so when like when christmas fell on a sunday yeah you're like we have to have church we can't afford to miss a sunday right and it's not like we can't and that afford let's be clear that afford is literally a money reflection we can't afford to to miss a sunday and i remember i when i said when christmas fall on a sunday i'm like no we're not doing church it's christmas day people need to be home with their families and folks were like but we're for some folks we're the family that they have so well then invite them to your house but thanks church doesn't just magically happen people have to come in and set things up work has to happen like you know so no we're not gonna take that away from people and this is not what i want to be doing on christmas morning either (laughs) that'll be selfish i don't want to be here on christmas morning i want to be home with my daughter so yes let's not do church on christmas morning and we're gonna be okay well it's a it's it's I think a way to decolonize the holidays, you know, Christmas is finding our way back to rituals. It's sort of like finding our, as you, I think you said at the beginning, you know, it, you didn't use the word home, but it's finding our way home, you know, finding our way to an original, you know, state, which is, you know, I have to keep unearthing the unexamined unconscious assumptions of, um, you know, and just kind of questioning what I'm doing. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to my mother's for Christmas. Um, and so what am I doing instead? You know, exactly. the, the idea I, it just makes me like, I get all tensed up the idea of, okay, I'm going to have to get presents for this person and that person. And I'm like, no, I don't, you know, um, no, I don't. No, no, you don't, no, you don't. Um, all that being said, um, happy holidays. Yeah. Yeah, don't say Merry Christmas. You got to say Happy Holidays. (laughs) There's that. Now that we've totally like dismantled. Uh, But it's, but it's more of a, I I, I say it as more of a, almost a directive. Do have a Happy Holidays. Yeah. Do, do have one that's free of stress, free of obligation, that's free of, uh, you know, thinking that you are less than because you don't do more. Um, try try to be happy and really uh, take a look at what what you know again us internalized and conscious assumptions I'm making about the season and what I do in it. Take a look at those and remove what no longer serves you, and and be good with that, and know that you haven't betrayed the meaning of Christmas or anyone else in your life. I guarantee you, if people if everyone just kind of took one little thing out that has that sense of urgency and I got to get it right. And, but this person, I have to get this person a present or, you know, thinking, assuming what people's expectations are. I guarantee you if anybody sort of stopped doing some things, most everybody around them would be, Oh, thank God. (laughs) Like I was so worried and you know, Oh, I got to get this done. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Wait. So, so, does that mean that um, we have to do more episodes before the new year? Could this be our last episode for the? It could be. We can decide. It could be right now or could, tomorrow or. We could. That's the we beauty could. of it. 
That's the beauty of it. So if you don't hear from us again before 2024, <laughs> you'll know why. You'll you'll know why we've 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 decided to uh, to give ourselves a little more lenient, not leniency. Uh, take a little more for spaciousness. There it is. The gift of spaciousness. Give ourselves a little bit more. The gift of spaciousness. Everybody needs to give the gift of spaciousness. Ex ex exactly. Uh, for the rest of the year. Um. So yes, that's that's our gift to you. If you don't hear, and our gift to ourselves. If you don't hear from us in 2024, and if you do hear from us, it means that you know what we really love doing this, and we're back for another episode. So that's right. stay tuned when we know you will know. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Uh, so um, do we do also? Yes, encourage you to remember us if you're the kind of person who likes to do a lot of giving to places at the end of the year. By all means, consider us. If it's not us. Find places that are doing some good in the world and make the world a more just place and give to them as well. Um, maybe also gift your friends the knowledge of this podcast and tell them where to find us on all your podcast platforms or if they don't know what a podcast is, online at withloveandjusticeforall.podbean.com. Please head over to projectsanctus.com December 8th or after and check out our new program conscious anti-racism um and perhaps that's a gift you give to someone as well who you know might benefit from hearing um some spiritually centered folks talk about decolonizing and shifting towards a more just and equitable world um yeah that's that's a gift that keeps on giving um so check that out as well um so i think that's it for today um thank you as always for listening thank you for all those who contribute uh to keep this train on the tracks and you can do so as well projectsanctus.com slash donate and until we meet again which might be in 2024 or not we don't know we'll see until we meet again yeah until then let's get our holy on